Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Hello and welcome to the show tonight. I'm so glad you chose to join us. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. It's that time of year, you know. I'm I'm excited for our dialogue tonight because of the topic. The the topic tonight is transforming through emotional, physical, and spiritual healing. And our guest is Sharon Shores. We're gonna bring Sharon on in just a minute, but the the I, there's several things we could talk about right now, but I want to talk about um, unraveling the subconscious, if you will. Um, when we when we look at our life day in and day out, and especially if we look at it over time, like over decades, typically there's no hard fast rules with time and healing. Oftentimes, we'll we'll see a habitual pattern in ourselves if we choose to observe it. For example, uh, um, someone might say, well, I've been married three times, and it's pretty much the same person with a different name. In other words, uh, all all my past spouses have been relatively the same person or persona or or uh, have the same characteristics and uh or we might have a a perpetual uh, challenging aspect of our relationship at work with our bosses or coworkers the the idea of a a perpetual consistent experience as some aspect of our life and it's on this show we have talked about every flipping thing under the sun we've we've ter- turned over every rock and leaf. We we like to look at every single aspect of this dynamic um, part of human consciousness. But the subconscious is a really curious thing. In, in a lot of ways, it's like having a, uh, uh, a momentum, if you will. Um, I like the, the visual of imagining... Um, Boats, in a simple sense, there's a super tanker, a ginormous super tanker, and it's huge, and it it's full of cargo or oil or whatever, and it wants to turn around. All it wants to do is head the other direction, but it's got so flipping much momentum that it might take an hour and a half to turn that thing around, and it's got such a fat derriere, it, it might need two or three miles to make a full U-turn. And and that's showing an extreme, uh, an extreme of karmic momentum. So if we look at our culture, we might think of that as um, a homeless person or uh, perhaps a, a, a vet panhandling on the corner with many episodes of PTSD, where there's so much karmic imprinting, so much subconscious loading up, if you will, that the probability of them having a different experience tomorrow or the next day is next to nil. And then we flip that that uh, metaphor over, and we think of somebody on a jet ski, and 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 this thing is quick and nimble. And if he wants to turn around, he can do it in about two seconds, and he can be headed full force the other direction. And Metaphorically, in consciousness, it's by emptying ourselves. It's by pulling the drain and emptying our past, our the karmic imprinting, if you will, of our of our consciousness. And that's that's raw freedom to become empty. It's it's a curious metaphor. It's like by becoming nobody, I become everyone. Or by becoming empty, I actually become full. And metaphorically, you can, you're can you much more nimble and you might have a difficult time because of 
a, a challenge in your life, but the very next moment you've turned it over. And the chances of having a, a consistently undesirable experience in your life the next day or the, the day after is perhaps laughable because you don't hold on to anything more than, you know, a nanosecond. And, and that gives you real raw freedom. And that freedom is power. Uh, freedom is power. And so what I like about our conversation tonight is transforming through emotional, physical, and spiritual healing. So I'm excited to get get to it. So why don't we do just that? Um, Sharon Shores, as our guest tonight, is a certified emotion code and body code practitioner, a life transformation coach, a medical intuitive, and licensed spiritual practitioner. Sharon works with clients with amazing results doing her medical intuitive and emotional code and body code practice. She also works as a coach helping people transform their lives through her coaching. Join me in welcoming Sharon to the show. Sharon, welcome to the show. Hi, good evening, Les. Hey, uh, so reality has brought us to this moment, and I'm delighted to share this time with you. Um, can you kind of give us a snapshot of of your life and how you've come to where you are now? Uh, so we understand who we're talking to? Okay. Well, you know, I, by my profession, I'm a registered nurse. I've been a registered nurse for many, many years. Um, however, I left um, the healthcare industry about 18 years ago. Uh, and that was because the way that I was taught healthcare and nursing um, was had changed quite a bit. It had changed. And the way I was taught was more holistic. And so, you know, I've done many things. I've had an Internet marketing business, a social media marketing business. I've had networking organizations in Denver, uh, grew one of them to 800 members in a short period of time. Uh, Been out there in the business community in various areas. Um, I've done some teaching, taught at Ohio University, taught uh, in Hawaii at Hawaii Business College and done many, many different things over my, over my lifetime. Uh, I discovered, though, I discovered approximately seven or eight years ago that I had some healing gifts, and I call them gifts, Les, because they really truly are gifts. Um, and that's my medical intuitive gift is, is one of the things that I discovered. I discovered that through actually uh, taking a workshop, a personal development workshop, and we had about 70 people in the class, and we divided the room in half, and someone was to randomly come over and choose me as a partner, and then that person was to give me only three, three things. She was to give me the first name, the age and geographic location of someone in her life, who was sick or had an illness. So this gal sitting in front of me, and she gives me Eleanor, age 77, in Westminster, Colorado. And my job was to just simply go into a meditation state and to see what was wrong with her. And then my last step was to see her as completely healed. And so what happened after that last was that... Um, after about five to ten minutes, I opened my eyes, and this gal is, has tears in her eyes because I had gotten about 95% of what was wrong with her grandmother. So fast forward about ten days later, I'm sitting at my desk, and I get a text from the team leader of this organization that I had worked with, and he said, I think you have a gift. You might want to check it out and to... Um, explore it a little bit more. And I guess this woman, this Eleanor, had been diagnosed with the big C word, okay, and her doctor couldn't find it anymore. 
you know, apparently she had been healed. And one of the things, Les, I think you and I talked before is I'm very clear. It's something that is working through me. It's not me. I don't own it. It's something greater than me that's working through me. You know, and then after I discovered that gift, I actually went into a three-year study, studied everything that I could, quantum physics, consciousness, healing, everyone, Larry Dossie, Carolyn, Carolyn Miss, uh, Edgar Casey, Catherine Coleman, who was a Christian healer, anybody that I could find, even including uh, found a couple books on the Hawaiian kahunas and techniques that they used. And then from there... I ended up getting certified in both the emotion code and body code. So that's it pretty much in a little short nutshell. Right. Oh, I like that. Well, it, it really paints a picture. So I know we're coming into the holiday season, and there's probably a lot of men out there with a cantankerous mother-in-law. Could you do anything about those? No, wait a minute. Wait, wait. We're, this is a radio <laughs> show. We can't do <laughs> We can dream, right? Um well, now for yourself, um, have you had emotional healing episodes that were um, like profound or um, informative as far as your understanding of emotions? I mean, you yourself? Oh, definitely. You know, um so there's a couple couple of things. Uh, it was about 25 years ago that I was diagnosed with both um, lupus and rheumatoid arthritis, both of them. And um, when I went to the doctor, the doctor wanted to send me to a rheumatologist, and the, the writing on the wall was that it would be steroids and some other drugs. And I looked at my family physician, and I said to her, I said, I'm going to come back in about 60 days, and you're going to retest me. And um, I was under a lot of stress at that time in my life. I think that was more, it was more emotional stress. So what I did was I actually um, went, and I did some things. I did whole, food, whole foods. I did meditation. I did prayer, I did affirmation, speaking health into my body. And it was really interesting. You know, it's really interesting because the medical profession has their idea of what it should look like. And she said to me that day when I told her that what I was going to do, she said, you're writing your death sentence. And one of the things I said to her, she said, you have rheumatoid arthritis and you have lupus. And I looked at her and I said, no. My body's exhibiting the symptoms, but I do not have it. And that's one of the things that I found, Les, that with a lot of clients is they want to own their diagnosis. Because if they say, I am this or I am that, I believe that our cells really have ears. Our cells are listening to us, and our cells can hear exactly the message we're giving to them, to our body. You know, and sure. so yes, I've had I've had that type of healing with myself. You know, just working with a combination of nutrition, you know, physical, emotional, and spiritual. Well, I like that. Well, you know, as you're saying that, I was thinking, well, the the flipping doctors got a, some skin in the game. If they make a diagnosis of you know whatever the ailment is. From their from their mental uh, Western medicine conditioning, if you will, um, they're proclaiming um, the only truth that they can see based on their um, education. And then you come along and you say, "Well, I'm a point of presence of divine consciousness, and divine consciousness has no." Um, ability to embody anything false so therefore anything i'm experiencing that is false is not part of the truth of me and i don't want to put words in your mouth but you you go away and you you flip the whole paradigm over and you go back it's it's uh 
I mean, first of all, it's powerful for you to say, I don't, I don't accept your diagnosis. I know there's a, a higher truth of me going on. Were you always able to, to do that? Or, I mean, at what point did you get that kind of confidence in yourself? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, a lot of life experiences less. There's been lots of life experiences that uh, has brought me to this point. Um, I would say that I'm very resilient and that, um, you know, I wake up every day very happy, uh, centered. I get up in the morning, I meditate, take time for, for myself and uh, do something that I think Joe Dispenza calls it create your day. And so that's what I do do with that. Now, have I always been like that? Absolutely not. I, there's been some rough periods in my life to where, um, uh, yes, I w- probably was not on that path. Uh, definitely was not on that path. So it's been an evolution, just as all of us, all of that has. And I think for myself is that I had a sense of knowing at that point um, that my body had that abil- has the ability to heal and that anything uh, that the appearance of, the appearance of what was going on in my body was not the truth and essence of who I am. Sure, I like that. Well, you know, there's there's been examples of uh, hypnotists that have taken a, an inert object like a pencil and told the hypnotized person, damn, this thing's hot. It's really hot. And if I touch your skin, it's going to blister. And they touch the skin... And the hypnotized person generates a blister on wherever the skin was touched. So obviously the the pencil's not hot, but it's the belief, and the belief is is conveyed into physical form as a disease or a. a, a uh, and another example is. Uh, multiple personalities. I think that's schizophrenia, but I might have that term wrong. And some some of the personalities will have a, a physical disorder like being deaf or stuttering, and other personalities will not in the same body. And so I just find it curious when we talk about this idea of healing, um, it, it's so common for doctors to approach it from this mechanical, physical body, and if they get the right wrenches and, you know, um, it's a mechanical process, but w- what you're sharing with us is that there's a whole different layer of consciousness, if you will, and to work uh, work at the notion of, quote, disease from that perspective opens up a whole new paradigm of what is what's possible so how how has your perception of this evolved over time you know so um i'm dating myself because i've been a nurse for i've been i've been a nurse for over 40 years okay so the way I was taught nursing was you go back 40 years ago or 45 years ago, and there was not as many drugs. There was not as many uh, surgeries. There was more uh, holistic taking care of yourself. Um, all of that, you know, was was back then. And then here's a couple things. There's a lot of changes that have happened in society that I believe that uh, has contributed to some of this mentality is that, you know, the doctors do do the best they can with what they have and with the education they've been given. So I don't want to take anything at all away from them because there have been actually, there have been some things that have actually happened with that doctors have been able to help people. But I think that we as a society has, have become too dependent on the pharmaceutical uh, culture. And, and the fact is this, is that there are... Um, only two countries in the in the world that allow direct to consumer advertising of pharmaceuticals to their population. That means you're you're permitted to advertise on television, advertise on magazines, advertise on radio, and that's the United States and New Zealand. That's called direct to consumer advertising. So I think that 
there's a lot of power in the advertising that we're listening to, Les. Okay. We're listening to advertisements that says all these side effects and everything. And before long, that power of that subconscious mind, people are going to start to buy into it. And I think that's one thing that's happening. The other thing that's happening, I believe, is that the only one that can change my body is me. I have, I have the responsibility to take care of me to be a healthy 65-year-old, all right, 65 young, young person. Yeah. All right, I have that responsibility. And a lot of people don't have that responsibility anymore less. Well, what would you say to the listener that perhaps has a chronic uh, uh, condition and and they haven't had the um, understanding, the experience, the uh, insights, if you will? I mean, how, how does somebody bring themselves around, if you will, to to that perhaps higher consciousness or a higher perspective as it relates to their condition? You know, I think that first thing begins with the desire. And the, that desire is they have the desire that they want to be healthy, they want to be well. And then find someone, find a healthcare professional they can work with to make some changes um, most people are not aware of functional medicine. Functional medicine came out in the 1990s, you know, is what it came out in 1990s. Um, and functional medicine gets to the root cause of illness. But the other thing is also, too, is take a look and see what emotions might have contributed to the illness. And when thinking about that, a lot of people are under such high stress that they no longer take time for themselves. They no longer take time to go for a walk, to meditate, to get out into nature. You know, they don't do that. And so I think we've kind of lost our, our sense of self and our sense of peacefulness. We were, we were so much tagged into the chatter, the Facebook chatter, the uh, TV chatter, the news chatter. And you've got to get to, my belief is, in order to heal, you've got to get to that place of quietness in your own mind so that whatever is percolating under there has a chance to come up, come up for healing. Otherwise, it's being constantly pushed down. Right. Well, I like that. Um, you know, you brought up emotions, and I think this might be a good time to segue into that so we have enough time to talk about it. For myself, um, I've shared on this show several times uh, a turning point in my life. I mean, it the, uh, before and after kind of episode where... Um, I had an I had an emotion which was anger in my subconscious and I wasn't aware of it whatsoever. Not in the slightest did I think I had an immense amount of anger in my persona. And that that transition point was when a some magical valve in my psyche opened up and I released an immense amount of emotion in a very short period of time. And that was the birth of a whole new life for myself. And, and that's what, that's part of why I'm so delighted to have you on the show and because and, uh, I love talking about the idea of emotions and um how powerful they can be to the human paradigm, to the human um, dynamic, if you will. So to talk about emotions, how would you describe or define the term emotion? I would, I would describe it as energy in motion. And that energy can be happy energy, it can be sad energy, it can be resentful, it can be anger, it can be doubt, it can be fear, it can be, 
you know, a lot of different types of energies. If you've ever taken a look at um, Dr. David Hawkins' map of consciousness to where he did some study on emotions, he did some study actually measuring the... um, the energy level of emotions. And the lower level emotions like shame, guilt, fear are very low vibrations. But the energies of love, joy, peace, all of those are very high vibration. And his work, he actually says it's not um, incremental in, 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 the, um, in the measurement. So let's say, for instance, that shame vibrates at 175. But um, joy vibrates at a thousand. He said it's not incremental. It's actually logarithmic, like ten to the tenth power, whatever, ten to the third power. You know, in in changes. So, what Dr. David Hawkins actually said is that 95% of the population vibrates below 200. Okay, and that's the that's those are the emotions of shame, fear, guilt, resentment, anger, all those negative emotions. Well, there's five percent that are vibrating at a higher, but because it's logarithmically increased, okay, that's what's actually holding the balance in place. Right. Well, um, boy, you brought up Hawkins. Um, I've um, his chart, his chart of uh, uh, human consciousness, and uh, I work in broadcast television. There's a chart that shows the logarithmic scale of RF power. Um, it's funny. My soul put me in an environment where logarithmic power is part of my day job, my work business job. And then at the same time, I'm reading his books, and he's showing me this logarithmic scale of, I would use the term power, the power of human consciousness. And uh, I'm very fond of a lot of his writings. But, you know, the well, I really like what you're saying, because um, in that metaphor I used earlier about like a homeless person or somebody who's, who has a very consistent karmic momentum, if you will, and if we look at the lower vibration of that scale of fear and shame and, and guilt, and if we think we've loaded our psyche up with those emotions, and then um, it's kind of like casting karmic concrete um, on ourselves in the sense that our life doesn't change so much, how does um, emotion code and body code tie into um, somebody who has, quote, emotions or emotional issues imprinted in their psyche. I mean, how, how, how do those modalities work? Okay, so with the emotion code and body code, for the audience who perhaps are not familiar with the emotion code and body code, the Emotion Code and Body Code was actually developed by Dr. Bradley Nelson. He's here in Utah, and I believe he's actually in St. George, Utah. And he's a chiropractor who worked with actually developing a way of testing the body for emotions that are trapped and then using a simple technique to release them. And then he first developed the Emotion Code, which has a chart of 60 emotions on it. And then he developed the body code, which is much more extensive, and it goes into all the body systems, plus it goes into, um, goes into things like even karmic energy. It goes into post-traumatic stress disorder. It goes into physical trauma energies. It even goes into courting, like healthy courting between, let's say, myself and my, another person, or unhealthy courting between myself and another person. And so there's many things that the body code actually um, does. And I'm able to use, I use kinesiology. And what I do is I test on myself, but I connect with you in mind. And when I say in mind, uh, Les, I'm talking about the great mind, not my mind, not my little mind, 
but the great mind, because we're all in this unified consciousness. All, we're all a part of each other. And we can connect with each other with love. We can connect. If, and people can connect on various levels. And even a thought about another person can be picked up, can be picked up. And, it, you know, that's why I've, I'm a very much of a proponent of guarding your thoughts and making sure that what you're thinking of the other person is the highest and best. Right, I like that. Well, if I guard my thoughts, I won't ever get them out to my mouth and the show will stop. I mean, at some point I have to... <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so um, when you work with a client uh, as it relates to emotions, um how will they experience that? I mean, so I'm listening to this show and we've been talking about emotions and as a listener, I think to myself, huh, hmm, how does this work? I mean, can you share with us um, what the client would experience in one of these episodes? Sure. Let me give you a couple examples. Um, I had a a colleague of mine uh, who I worked with she had migraines, and literally every six to eight weeks, she would end up in the emergency room with migraines. And so I worked with her, did a couple sessions with her, and it's been over a year and a half, and she has not had any migraine headaches since then. And, and most of it was emotional-based, and it was from childhood uh, situations, incidences that happened to her that I was able to identify what emotion it was, the approximate year that it got trapped, and then just do a simple technique to release that emotion. So it can be physical pain. It can also be um, emotional, things that are emotional like low energy. It can be physical um, disease. I've had a couple of diabetics that have better control of their blood sugar because we've rele- released some of the emotions underneath there that were contributing um, to the, you know, disease. You know, and the thing is, is these emotions left, what they do is they're like balls of energy. And the emotions are like silent. They're, you can't hear them. You can not, not necessarily feel them. But there's balls of energy that if they're trapped in, in the body – they're trapped in the body. They're like anchors that hold us down without us even being able to name it. And the emotion code and body code, it's really interesting, Les, because a lot of times when I work with people, before I actually work with someone, I, I will sit here at my desk and I will ask for guidance, ask for help, and say, what, what is it that I need to know? How can I help this person? Uh, I I believe that as healers, we need to come from this place of absolute love, absolute love and the willingness to serve that person. And so many times, Les, I will get this insight or a question, ask the the client this, this or that question, and I can tell you, that I can say almost, I'd say 99.98% of the time, when I ask the client the question, they said, well, how did you know that? How did you know to ask that question? I can't explain it less other than it's something greater than me that's working through me. Well, the um, consciousness is holographic, so there's, there's no part outside of you that's not also represented in you. I don't know. Um, well, I liked how you talked about the um, – you used the term anchor for and, and balls of energy uh, as, as describing emotions. That, that really uh, draws a, a, a picture, if you will, that if my subconscious is loaded up with all these anchors, if you will – then the change in my life stops and I more or less tread water over time. Um, how, how does one's life change when these emotions are released? Well, it could be um, the physical pain is gone. Uh, it could be 
that the general health starts to improve or a specific disease or disorder starts to improve. So let me give you an example. Uh, one of the clients I worked with, uh, I did a combination of working with both the emotion code and the body code with this person. And that, that person had had an episode of depression over their lifetime, a couple episodes. And there's a couple things that can get locked in the subconscious. You know, as you know, you've studied the subconscious and, and learned all about the subconscious. And our subconscious does everything to prove us correct. So, so we put something into our subconscious, whether it be good, bad, or indifferent. Our subconscious basically says yes. So this person, with many people that I work with with depression, I ask them, have you ever for one second had the will to die? Okay, that's one question. The second question is, have you ever had the will not to live, which is just a little bit different but similar. And most of the time people with depression will say, yes, I've had those at one point or another. Well, if you got to keep this in mind, Les, if our subconscious does everything to prove us correct, and that got locked in their subconscious, again, it's hidden now because everything is covering it up. The body will do one of two things. The body will very insidiously start to respond and to prove correct, and that person may end up with a disease. It could be an autoimmune disease. It could be high blood pressure. It could be something because the subconscious is doing everything to prove that thought that was planted in there or that seed that was planted in there correct. And so with people with with depression, I have them remove this will-to-die energy and the will-not-to-live energy, and their overall health improves greatly after that's released. Well, I like that. Um, so it kind of begs the question, are some of these imprints from past lives? Oh, I, I believe they are. They're from past lives. I've ran across that several times with clients from past lives. Uh, I've also um, actually ran across a lot of inherited emotions. There was recently a study that was done with Holocaust um, generations and then what they found was that despair depression and anxiety seems to run in the generations um, that are coming down from the holocaust survivors and they really believe that um, that it's passed down genetically down through the uh, dna and so i really believe that there's it can be karmic it can be past lives but it can also be inherited also you know, uh, I think I heard something uh, like that with uh, um, Israel because when um, when the when the Israeli people um, fled Europe, they made a vow never to allow themselves to be taken advantage of. And I'm I'm paraphrasing here; it's not verbatim, but. They more or less made a, a vow to their culture, to their tribe, to their village that we'll never allow ourselves to be put in that condition again. And then fast forward to the first Gulf War and Saddam Hussein's lobbing uh, rockets and whatnot at them. And th- uh, through political pressure, they were told not to retaliate. And I think as a consequence of that, uh, prostate cancer shot up dramatically in, in in the population and that would that would be kind of what you're describing in the uh, inherited aspect of a cultural imprinting kind of thing does yeah that, that definitely sense? it does sound like that would happen mm-hmm. so it's so if um, in that example uh, metaphorically we're we're denying a sense of our own truth, we're we're disconnecting from uh which what would like a more authentic or a more um, 
higher higher level of truth within our own persona. And every time we do that, when we create a discord or a disconnect, that that forms a probability of dis-ease as a consequence. Yeah, I would say that that could, and that that uh, study or that example would be uh, something very much like that. You look at some of the um, the other um, races and ethnicities, and in some in some ethnicities, high blood pressure runs very high, and it could be to, due to dietary, but I think it's also due to the cultural expectations uh, about you know what is said or not said, and I believe that that uh, yes, a lot of disease can occur from from that, and that when that example that you gave less was an excellent example. Because that's, that's suppression of an energy or an expression. And, and that's what happens when we uh, suppress something and we push it down. We push it down. When they said they couldn't uh, do anything or they couldn't retaliate or they couldn't um, take care of whatever they needed to, that gave the opportunity then for some disease to show up. Sure. Well, so what's the what's the flip side of healing then? I mean, and and when we talk about healing, um, boy, howdy, does this planet um, could use a, a big ass dose of healing, pretty much across the board. But if we're all divine beings, if we're all personifications of Source Consciousness, and then there's there's uh, these saviors from religions like in the western context jesus is really popular jesus says well what the hell come on billy up to the bar you guys are going to do every single thing that i have done and more um what's on the other side of healing i mean where are we going with this consciousness theme here so where are we going with the consciousness thing? So I think that um, this is my take on, on what I've observed, what I sense, um, what I feel, is that I think less that that sometimes before a great change occurs, there's a lot of chaos before that. And I think that what we need to be careful with is buying into the appearances of so I think that we, what we need to do is really um, not buy into the appearances of what's going on out there, but buy into what you want to have happen. That, that if, you, if you, you don't transform something by being against it. You transform right. something, you know, you, you, I think it was Mother Teresa that said she would uh, she would march. She would march for peace, but she would not march against war, you know. And what we we resist will persist. And even if I would wish something negative for another person, I'm really wishing something negative for myself. That's what I'm wishing for. I'm wishing for myself. So we're all connected in this. What I do to one person, if I help another person heal. I'm helping myself heal in in many different ways. Well, I like that. Um, So if I look at the topic of the show tonight, transforming through emotional, physical, and spiritual healing, what's the spiritual healing uh, connotation? (laughs) The spiritual healing. You know, um, I don't call it religion. I call it spirituality, and spirituality is, I, I call it living by the essence of love, to where if I can emanate out that energy of love to the clients that I work with, to the people that I encounter every single day, to the homeless person on the street, you know, we can elevate and we can, um, we can move consciousness to a higher level less by doing that. You know, not responding to the negativity, not calling um, our political leaders' names or whatever, because we're just con- we're, what what you resist will persist. 
whether that's emotional, whether that's spiritual, whatever it is. You know, in the spiritual realm, there's that saying, as above, so below. You know, what we hold in consciousness at one level, it shows up at, at the other level. So, you know, when I work with clients, the way I put that into effect with them and help them to see that is to help them see themselves as a divine being who is on this journey, but also, too, that for them to monitor their thoughts about themselves, to give themselves grace and ease, to have as much non-judgment as possible about themselves or their life, and to move into that space to have unconditional love for themselves and their life. So I'm going to play the devil's advocate. Well, how the hell can you hold the scallywags, the real bastards that have done the atrocities, the the really brutal um, infliction of pain on on humans? How can you hold them in love when they've when they've committed such atrocities? Well, you know what I really believe that somewhere along the line they got off they got off off the track. All right, they got off the track, but the essence of who they were when they were born, I think the essence of of who they were was that essence of love. Now we are we also have free will and free choice, so we can make those choices less and we can uh I can choose tomorrow if I want to be a scallywag or or some negative type person, but I don't choose. I don't choose that, you know. But some people do. Some people find a payoff with it. Uh, and then here's the other thing too. I also believe though that there are some karmic uh, working out things between cultures, between uh, may perhaps even between worlds and planets. Less, I don't know. But there may be some karmic energies that need to be worked out. And until until it's recognized that the higher energy of love will take over. I like that. Well, it's I th- I think it's extremely uh, diverse, and to talk about it is like, um, um, like defining uh, infinity with words. You can throw it, words at it all day long, and you'll still come up short. But I like the the notion, you know, if you go if you go to see a hero movie, right? So you 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 park your fanny down and and the first part of a hero movie pretty much without exception is the definition of a villain. I mean, there's some <laughs> villain there that's going to kick everybody's butt and the common man can't see past the illusion. And and the villain has dominion over them, and the hero is the one that can come along, and muster up courage within themselves. I mean, the hero archetype is very well uh, documented. It it seems like as souls we kind of chose to do this galactic plunge to the bottom of the karmic barrel, because <laughs> certainly on this planet uh, suffering has pretty much fulfilled every possibility imaginable. But but here we are coming out of the quagmire. What a beautiful, wonderful, opportune time for a human persona with physical form to be able to have the opportunity to hold the scallywags in love within the tempest of the storm. I suggest that's probably one of the most powerful paradigms you could possibly language and we're living it in our day-to-day lives i mean i i don't i'm getting off on a tangent here but um i i think we set ourselves up to to go through this opportunity to be really um to rediscover our power within a karmic tsunami if you will oh i i agree with that and just think about this this is from a healing perspective, but it can also go back to, um, it goes back to what you're talking about, about, you know, karma and and all of that. Do you remember um, Dr. Yu Lan? He was in Hawaii, and he uh, practiced Ho'oponopono, 
And he went into a mental institution where there were the worst possible patients there. And when I'm talking about the worst, I'm talking about even criminal uh, behavior there. And he went into that hospital, and this is documented, went into that hospital, and he sat down. The nurses noticed that he never went in to see the patients, but he would sit there at his desk with that person's chart, and there would be a photo of the person in front of them. And all he would do is sit there and look at it. And it was with, I'm not sure what time frame it was, but every one of those patients were discharged mentally healthy within a relatively short period of time. And what he said, he said, uh, basically, he did the Ho'oponopono prayer, which is, I love you, please forgive me, I forgive you. You know, uh, there's a couple versions of it. What he said, though, he said that when he sat there and looked at the picture, that he realized that if this person was mentally crazy, there was a little bit of mental craziness in him too. And if he could get, a point, get to the point of love with himself for that other person, that both of them would be healed, okay? But as a result, all of these patients end up being discharged from this mental institution, so the same thing, Les, I think pertains to the scallywags, the, the Hitlers, the people who are, have such negative behavior is that, you know, if we, can look, if we can say within me is a little bit of a villain too. And sure. if we can get to that yeah. point of, of acceptance and love, then, then that's when the world will be healed. Sure. I like that. Yeah, well, you know, mischief is just a point of view, so uh, no, I'm not going to go there. Hey, you know, an, an arrow go by pretty fast. I, I want to make sure our listeners know um, uh, your modalities, um, how they can contact you. Is it in person, over the phone, over the Internet? I mean, give us this full-scale uh, perspective of who you are, what your services are, and how they can contact you. Okay. So they can go to my website, which is simple. It's pretty simple. It's my name, SharonShores.com. And they can go to underneath the uh, Contact Me button. There's a book of session. Uh, there's explains what a session looks like. The emotion code sessions are 30 minutes long. And we release 10 to 15 emotions in that time. Uh, there's a little bit of an investment of $40 for that session. The body code sessions are for more chronic illnesses, someone that has diabetes, multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's, um, the, the more chronic d diseases. And I recommend that they invest in at least five sessions for that. And I have a special rate on my uh, website with that. The medical intuitive sessions, it's really interesting on how I work with that is because what I work with that is I get up in the morning and I do my meditation and I'm able to bring that person into my mind and I work with them. I'm not on the telephone with them, but I work over a period of 10 days and that's been very interesting work. Most of my work less, 99% uh, of it is by phone or by Skype or Zoom is how I do my work. Uh, the only uh, clients that I do see in person are local, and if they're elderly and let's say they can't hear very well on the phone, then I do have a place where I meet with them and work with them. But 99% but of my clients are by phone, by Skype or Zoom. And uh, I've got clients, I worked with a, a client from India yesterday morning and uh, it was of course evening in India yesterday and uh, I've got people from England um, different other parts of, of the world and so I'd be happy you know to um, to work with people and you know it is, and the, the question is whether or not they want to move forward you know with the life coaching I have life coaching sessions I do one hour per uh, a month uh, with a person, and then we have two checkpoints uh, during the, that month till the next session. 
And basically, you know, with that is that that can last anywhere from three months to a year with the coaching sessions, depending on what they want to accomplish. Uh, But then again, you know, I'm going to go back and I'm going to say this is that, you know, with healing, there are things that people need to do also for themselves less. They also need to take responsibility, make some changes if they need to with their diet and things like that. Uh, I'm not a magic, I can't wave my magic wand and make it all go away in an instant. All of these things are not necessarily in an instant, even though I've had physical pain disappear in an instant. And I would encourage people also to go and take a look at my testimonials on my website and then take a look and, and see some of the results that I've been able to, uh, to experience with my clients. Well, I like that. You, uh, you really uh, walk your talk, if you will. So I, um, I've, I enjoy uh, episodes like this because we're talking about the mechanics of being alive, the mechanics of being a human being in this, in this paradigm that we're all living out. And it, it always serves us to take the time to to tune the machine, if you will, to heal the vehicle, if you will. And, I mean, you have the rest of your life to appreciate the fact that you've actually done that, taken the time to take the steps to to heal yourself, to uh, bring more wholeness into who you are. So with just a few minutes left... Um, do you have any closing thoughts that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, I'd like to share a couple interesting, um, interesting experiences that I had with people, and these are testimonials that are actually on my website. So I worked with a friend of mine's mother, and um, now I did not. Uh, my friend's mother did not know that I was working with her. She was, bless her heart, she was 99 years old. And they, a doctor was, um, said that they thought she had pancreatic cancer because she had really bad pain in the, underneath her right rib cage in the back, right where the pancreas would be uh, emanating pain. And um, so this lady's 99 years old, and I'm able to, now I'm, again, I'm not working directly with her. I'm only getting up in the morning, and I'm working with her in my mind. And I find that there are three emotions that are, that are trapped. Um, and so I released those emotions and again, I'm not in front of her. She's not working. She's, I'm working remotely on her. And so a couple days later, my friend calls me and said, what did you do with my mother? She, two days ago, she woke up joyful and absolutely no pain. And, um, I said, well, ask your mother what happened to her at about age 25 because this woman had been holding these emotions for almost 75 years. Okay. 75 years less, this woman was holding these emotions. And so I had done a release on these emotions, and my my friend said, you know, she found out what had happened there. She had had an incident happen when she was much younger that had contributed to those three emotions. But if you can imagine this, Les, holding those emotions for 75 years, and then it ends up into dis-ease. And she made her next birthday, and so she, uh, and then she passed away uh, about a few months later after her, uh, after her 100th birthday. Wow. Wow. You well, know, and um... yeah. <laughs> We're uh, we're pretty much out of time, Sharon. I want to thank you for being our guest tonight. I've had such a delightful conversation with you. Thanks for being our guest. Well, thank you. I'm I'm honored and humbled and just honored to be on the show. Thank you for the opportunity. We've been talking with Sharon Shores, and the topic tonight has been transforming through emotion. Emotional, physical, and spiritual healing. Um, you know, life's a wonderful thing when you can show up for it. Take the time to to do some inner reflection on yourself of who you are and why you're here. Um, 
it's always my pleasure to bring you episodes that help improve your life. I always enjoy doing that. I'm your host, Les Jensen. It's been my pleasure spending this time with you. Until next time, thanks for listening. This has been a New Human Living Radio broadcast to bring your soul's inspiration into effect and live your life wide open. Check out our host, Les Jensen's latest book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.